Hola, and welcome back to Archelancing Podcast, episode six. Today, we have another freelancer from Upwork joining us. I am so looking forward to hear his story and how he has been doing through his freelancing journey. Okay, so today's guest, he has been on Upwork for over a year, has worked on over 32 successful remote projects. He is top rated with a 91% job success score. He is also an award-winning landscape designer. He has received over seven awards for his San Francisco flower and garden show called Sublimation. And he also co-owns a landscape design studio with his wife called Topophilia. Let's welcome Eric Arneson from California. Hi, welcome, Eric. Thank you again so much for willing to come into this podcast and share your story. Can you please tell us a little more about yourself and how you started up on Upwork? Yeah, thank you, Leela. Um, yeah, so I started off as a, I studied landscape architecture in San Francisco. And I worked in the Bay Area for a few years. Then I just found myself commuting so much. And I was thinking like there's got to be a way to get more personal time, free time. I was spending like three hours commuting. So I ended up changing a job and having that three hours freed up from the commute. And then I finally found uh, Upwork and I also found Fiverr at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Upwork ended up being my absolutely preferred method. I had some bad experience on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been about 25% of my work that I do is on Upwork. So it's a really wide variety of projects. That's what I really love about it. Mm-hmm. exposed to people in different professions as well. Right. I'm interested. How did you um, find Upwork? Was it just like a Google search and Fiverr as well? Uh, yeah, I literally searched uh, freelance online platforms or something like that. And I think Upwork came up first. And before it was Upwork, it was something else. But I guess Elance, they I think. These, Elance, yeah. yeah. I think that it was back then. And then Fiverr, which was I don't even know how you can use that. <laughs> really bad experience I had with that. Really? But I Upwork. also Yeah, I also came um across Fiverr and I tried it, but I didn't get any anything from it. Yeah, I got one job and it was just a really weird experience cuz like their whole platform is based on you can do anything for $5. It's like no, you can't do anything. <laughs> $5. I'm not right. going to do it. Yeah. Right. Wow. But Upwork had a really wide variety of projects on my first search for landscape design and mm-hmm. architecture. I could just it was exciting. Yeah. yeah. How so how long have you been freelancing? Um well I've been freelancing ever since I started school. Mm-hmm. So I had projects from that. So just reaching out to different uh residential developers and clients and working while I was at school. And then when I graduated, it's just continued. But mm-hmm. um, Upwork opened up a really wide range of projects and not just local, but all over the world, which is right. very cool. Right. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then what was your first job on Upwork then? That's a funny <laughs> story there is that when I actually started Upwork, I wanted to do short projects, like really quick turnover. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at those $5, $10 Photoshop, like, corrections photoshop edits picture edits like editing black and white photos mm-hmm. to color stuff like that and i did a bunch of those just to get um, some experience to see how the system worked and to see if i could actually make money on it proof of mm-hmm. concept um, and what it actually did is it boosted my rating so i did a bunch of those short little projects and it boosted my rating so much that i got that 
you know, top rating. And um, from there, then I started getting uh, residential landscape design projects and mm-hmm. other design projects that the client would come to me. So it ended up working out really well. So I don't have to search for those big projects. Wow. Okay. That's awesome that it boosted you right away after one project. Yeah, it took about a month and I just did about 15 projects and it (laughs) uh, catapulted me to, I guess, the top of the list. And then Mm -hmm. other people found me from there. And are most of your jobs now all landscape or do you still do a little bit of some additional architecture jobs? If it's architecture, I'm usually just doing renderings like 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. rendering through like Lumion or SketchUp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like to stick with landscape because that's what I know best. And I'm more comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty talented uh, planting designer, especially in mm-hmm. California. Very knowledgeable of plants here. So I try to stick with something I'm really comfortable with. Absolutely. Hire me mainly for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome to just keep it within your own niche. Um, that has been very helpful for me too. just kind of having a a certain type of work. And now that I kept it that way, it has been more successful on my end and trying to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's fun to do some of the stuff that gives you makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but gives you some more experience. I think that's e- good, too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's now, I, I guess you also own a design studio. Um, I was checking out your website, by the way, you do beautiful work. Um, Thank you. Is Upwork, I guess, what percentage of your income would you consider your freelancing business to be outside from um, having your own your own thing? Well, income now, that'd probably be about 10%. 10%, okay. It, yeah, it's pretty small amount. But what Upwork did is it connected me with a lot of people mm-hmm. that became clients outside of Upwork because it, they needed different, like they needed us on a project team. Not It was beyond just like the Upwork requirements of here, do this rendering and this and that. Mm-hmm. So they hooked us up with their design professionals, architects and stuff offside, offside of Upwork. And that's kind so- of where Upwork branched out to something else. Okay, so I assume a lot of the work you're getting then are, is local, even through Upwork? Um, yeah, so we did a lot of projects in the Bay Area through Upwork. Um, mm-hmm. But what I was finding is actually most of the projects were in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So we ended up moving to uh, Santa Barbara, which is kind of central coast of California. So we're closer to, to both of them at the same time. And that's worked out really well. We didn't do that intentionally, but it just ended up mm-hmm. being a coincidence moving towards these uh, jobs and it's pretty rare that you actually meet up with these clients Uh (laughs) yeah so i've met with like three of them but otherwise it's usually just remote work even if you're nearby right right yeah i know um on the last podcast with jesse she had mentioned she met with a lot of them that i found that surprising as well because i have only met with one other client um Mm -hmm. And I was traveling at the time, so I had just reached out to him, let him know. And it was great. It was great meeting with the client. But otherwise, I haven't met with the other 50 clients I have worked with. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome. Um, and you, you're you mentioning we. So have you started, like, bringing other people that are working with you um, just within your own work or also, like, through an Upwork agency? Um, no, just through our own work. So me and my wife have our, we own the firm together. We're both equal partners. Mm -hmm. 
we work together, even on these Upwork projects that I'm talking about, we, I usually have her join in with me. Oh, okay. Projects we work together, really good team. So, um, she's also on Upwork, but she never really got into it. Uh-huh. She was working a full time job in mm-hmm. San Francisco, so never really okay. had the time. Cool. So, how has it been your experience working with clients remotely? Um, it's definitely a mixed bag. There's really great clients that are really easy to work with remotely, and then there's other ones that need a lot more handholding. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other ones that just don't communicate at all and they expect everything. <laughs> uh-huh. But over the time, over time, I've kind of figured out which clients not to work and which ones to stick with. Mm-hmm. And I found that when clients come to you, when they invite you to a project, they're usually the best clients to work with because they know what they want and they know what to expect. Exactly. Whereas if you go after the project, it's like you don't even know what you're going to get. And you kind yes. of sometimes you hope that they don't accept your proposal. So you're like, oh, I don't know. This is worth it. <laughs> yes, I but. agree with you. I feel like when I get invites and special um especially invite onlys, um, yeah. I feel like those are gonna be the great clients. And when I send out proposals, I'm always a little iffy just because I don't know if in your end it's the same, but a lot of job postings are very big. Um, mm-hmm. and you, they don't really give you a lot of information. So you never know what to really expect and you can't really read the client through their job exactly. postings. And that also makes it like impossible to give an accurate, um, estimate Bid. for how much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I usually try to go for hourly cause then it can be above or below the estimate, but mm-hmm. at least it's kind of protects me from getting <laughs> really under, under bid on that. Okay bidding on the client's end too. That's so interesting. The more freelancer I speak to, um, the more I hear that they like hourly job and maybe I'm just the odd one. For some reason, I like the fixed price, but also I will be honest and I am not afraid um, to let a client know that I have overpassed the estimated time because they had requested more. So it's yeah. never been an issue for me to say like, hey, listen, because of the additional work, um, this and this needs to happen and I'll be more than happy to provide you with that work at an additional time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also like hourly jobs. I just don't like the fact that they take an extra week to go through oh, when you the, get your, yeah, for when you get paid. Oh, I like it. It's kind of fun to see the money go through the the reports. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone said. It's just something to look forward to. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing out on something. And <laughs> so you mentioned again, you know, working with different clients, not knowing whether they're good and bad or just more challenging. What have you done on your end to kind of make a better experience working with challenging clients? Well, I usually try, we always try to um, set up a phone call first thing before we start the project to really understand um, both on our my end and the client's end, what we expect, what we want, what we need. Mm-hmm. And also the timeline is very important. Um, and also what deliverables mm-hmm. I will be providing for them. So I think in-person phone calls are much better than written responses because a lot can be lost between the lines in an email or a message. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a phone call, you can really clarify things. And if you have both, it's even better. Mm-hmm. So usually that's the number one thing. And then I usually pretty much write out a contract um, with all of my deliverables and my schedule for when they will be sent to them. 
and so they know when and what when and what they're getting as far as the plans and drawings, renderings, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that just makes them more comfortable and um, helps me as well set up my schedule. Okay, so awesome. Are you saying that you're almost trading an additional contract from already what would be an upward contract? Yeah. So that everything's clear. Okay, that's yeah. an awesome tip. And it's easier for me to keep track of as well. So it's not, I don't have to access the website to see what mm-hmm. I need to do. I mm-hmm. have it on my computer. How many clients have become long-term clients on your end? I have about five long-term clients that I continually work with over the last year. Because I've only been on the, the, the Upwork platform for about a year and a half or a year and mm-hmm. two months. Um, but two or five of them long-term, then two of them have really been consistent. That's awesome. You know, it's only been a little over a year and you already have five long-term clients. That's amazing. What What do you think you have done on your end to kind of create that relationship? Well, I think um, I really put myself out there and I prioritize their projects when they come forward to me and say, I need this done. I really set aside everything else and put them forth because I value their um, them as a client and I value um, also them consistently using me because I didn't expect them to hire me again. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had more projects. So me just prioritizing their projects, I think they value that. Also, it's the quality of work. I'm really clear of what I'm providing for them mm-hmm. and when I'm going to provide it to them. Um, I think that really helps. Okay. Is there, um, now talking about prioritizing each client's project, is there an amount of projects you take per week or per month so that you have that allocated time for each client? Or do you just kind of go based on what you're getting? There, yeah, there's been a lot of times that um, I've had to put off projects, a lot mm-hmm. of them. And I'm, I'm still doing that because some of the projects I just don't think are worth uh, going after. Especially when mm-hmm. I have stuff off of Upwork. So I'm working on other projects besides that. Um, some of this stuff just isn't um, worth the time. But yeah, it's tough to put that off. Because especially in other times when you don't have anything to do or you're, mm-hmm. you need work. And you're like, oh, I wish I could have kept that project. Right. <laughs> it's really difficult to balance your time. Yeah, some of these I projects. hear you. Especially when the client, some of these clients, they don't have their own schedule really set. So they're really loose and they... Like they'll message you and then three months later, they'll come back and say, oh, you're still available. Mm-hmm. And that's a little difficult to plan with um, them on when you're available, when they don't even know when they're available. So yeah. I agreed, I agreed. And I think that's one of the one of the things I would consider challenging in a way um, when freelancing and kind of doing your own thing. It's just making sure that those times get allocated right, even when the... There are certain times of the month or in the week where you're just not as busy. Being that you've been doing so great now that has been a little over a year um, on Upwork, what are some tricks you have learned to land new jobs? So some tricks that I've learned to land new jobs would be to really prove that you can do the work that is that they need. Mm-hmm. So you target each like their project description, you read it thoroughly multiple times and you understand what they need. And if you have precedent projects in your portfolio, uh, show them that, uh, describe your process and how you work and, uh, what you will be, what you anticipate it costing and what you anticipate providing for them to complete the project. Mm-hmm. And also if it's possible to actually, um, this doesn't apply to all projects, but actually going ahead and doing the project, 
um, and then submitting a partial piece of the project that they're requesting. So really being proactive and completing it before they even expect it to be completed. And I've done that for multiple projects for SketchUp and rendering and Photoshop projects. We've actually done it. Oh, wow. Submitted it. Mm-hmm. So that's very, some of these projects, they get like 50 plus proposals. Mm-hmm. And, and how can you compete with that? How do you stick out? Mm-hmm. One way to stick out is to actually do the project before even getting it. And I've noticed that that gets like an 80% hiring rate. Out of every eight, 10 projects, I get hired eight times if I do something like that. So it, it's not, I don't think it's really healthy practice to do, but if you're really desperate to get a job, it it works really well. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I didn't think of that. Um, but that, that's a really great tip to just kind of get started and show that you can do yeah, the work. For, for new people on Upwork, that would be a great method mm-hmm. to use. That's what I did in the first few months and it helped a lot. And was it like, let's say it was a landscape job, was it just like a quick sketch or was it more exactly. involved? Yeah, so I'd, they'd say that I want a backyard design with the playground and a, a hedge and swimming pool, stuff like that. So you do a really quick sketch and to show that you're thinking about it and you're being really proactive and they know that you can do it and you can think as a designer. And I think they value that and they say, okay, this person is really committed to the job and they already understand it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah, that's, something. that's great, Eric. Thank you for sharing that. I wouldn't recommend it for every project, but <laughs> right, this one you need to. <laughs> right. Um, what are some things about Upwork as a platform you wish they upgraded or continue to evolve? It's a great question. Um, cause I really, really enjoy the platform and I think it's amazing what they provide. And as a service, mm-hmm. I, I found it almost hard to critique it except for the, the fee is I think mm-hmm. a little high mm-hmm. 20% for an initial job can be really off putting for most designers who, I mean, we are, we already get skinned alive with our fees for the <laughs> job we do. So getting that off is difficult to see. I think that mm-hmm. would be my main critique and what they should change is maybe lower that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they just IPO'd on their business, so they're probably trying to make as much money as they can. But if they could lower that fee down someday, that'd be great. That would mm-hmm. really attract more talent, I think. For I agree. I agree. Yes. Also, um, uh-huh. the, the way that you search for freelancers is kind of odd, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And you can't see their name or you only see their first half of their name, which is bizarre. Okay, it's <laughs> uh-huh. Landscape design. And I'm looking at, I guess I'm on there and Jesse's there and you just see it, your first name and your middle initial. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. I guess I, I think they do that. So that people searching can't go and find that person on the internet and hire them offsite up work. Exactly. Exactly. That's why they do that. They also, I have found out um, through their blogging website that they also switch the freelancers around. So one week, um, even though let's say any top rated freelance landscape freelancer you're searching for um, may not show up in the first page or second page just so that they can revolve them around and clients kind of have a fair view of everyone instead of just always the top rated people. That's great. That's good. They do that. Yeah. Then everyone kind of gets a fair chance. 
Yeah. And I and I have noticed that on my end where like um a week wouldn't be as busy, but then the next week I'll get like invitations every other two days or something. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing they should do is they should make client profiles visible visible. So yes. What I want to see is my client's history. All I exactly. see is their rating. Exactly. Well, you can still see it. You just kind of have to do some more digging. Like you have to go under there. Um, I think when you get invited, it only shows you so little. Like, for example, like you just set their rating and then like Three project history. Yeah. And then you have to go to like view entire job posts and then they'll show you some of the other ratings. But I agree. I think they should also have a profile just like how we have it. Yeah. Because us as um, freelancers, we're really exposed. And then these clients, they're like kind of anonymous. You don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know who I'm working for before I start working with them. But I mean, just like you, I'm also very grateful for the platform. Um, just the fact that they're able to connect us with clients. So just the f- yeah. like so many minor things that could just make it so much better than what it already is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really blown away when I first used Upwork and I was just, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I wish I knew about <laughs> it a few years ago. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm still blown away. I still can't believe it. Yeah. And it's I think this whole trend of freelancing is really going to change the entire way that everyone works. Because I could see almost any job you can work from home, except for physical manual labor. Mm-hmm. But this, was, this is what really initially triggered me to go towards freelancing was that I worked at an office mm-hmm. and I was just looking at everything I was doing and I was seeing that I could be doing this from home. Like I have mm-hmm. a computer, I have all the software from school and I'm just wasting my time three hours out of the day commuting to an office that I could be doing this once a week just to meet with my boss and discuss what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But that's what really triggered me to go towards uh, Upwork, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's what is going to continue kind of showing everyone else um, just the fact that you can do it. Because I felt the same way going to my job, even though I didn't have that long of a commute. I just always felt like there could be so much flexibility, especially in architecture where you have so much busy days, but you also have a lot of downtime in between Mm -hmm. seasons. Um, but that's, I guess that's one of the goals I would, I want to do with this podcast, um, because you don't hear a lot of architecture freelancers and architecture is a whole industry. I just want to expose to everyone like you, a very successful freelancer that you can do this. It just takes a little bit of work, a lot of passion, and you can have this freedom of working however you like, wherever you like. Yes. And I always, I think of it as it is risky to do freelancing, just strictly freelancing and start your own business. But I always know that if worse comes to worse, I can always go back and find a job. Mm-hmm. This, So it's not like I'm trapped here. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it to take that risk because that's the only way you're going to advance in uh, your career is by taking risks. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. What are some other great things that you have experienced through freelancing? Um, another way that I've gotten a lot of projects through freelancing, it's, it's kind of weird, is that I have a lot of followers on Instagram. Oh, how many I, followers? That's where I get most of my, my work. I have 54,000. Oh, wow. What my page is, I just it's like a daily journal of my design life. I just post my current projects and kind of insights into uh, projects and how I 
uh, develop them. And it's, de- it's gained a lot of followers over the years and um, I've also gained clients through it. That's where most of my projects come from is through Instagram. That is so cool. I haven't heard that for architecture wise. What is your Instagram? Um, I want to check it out now. Pangea Express, P-A-N-G-E-A-E-X-P-R-E-S-S. Kind of like the supercontinent. That's awesome. How many clients have you gotten through Instagram? Over 40. <laughs> I mean, over the No, year. really? Wow. Yeah. And because I see, because I use Instagram essentially as my portfolio as well as like a daily journal, but um it just shows off my work. Everything you want to see about my design style, my skills, everything is exposed on there. So mm-hmm. I guess clients see that and they say, I want that design. I want that service. And they hire me through that. Then also oh. it connects you to a lot of other design professionals. So that's probably half, the other half of my jobs are from architects and other landscape architects who see my work and say, I want a rendering. Uh, planting design consultation stuff like that so i found it oh my gosh it's so funny i mean you you have a lot of great portfolio work too but you have some meme stuff on here too oh yeah <laughs> I throw the memes in <laughs> that is so cool landscape architecture memes so i'm like i gotta do something <laughs> to do it memes make everything better <laughs> agreed agreed that's amazing wow so cool um so they just pretty much reach out and say like hey your your work is so awesome let's work together yeah definitely that's pretty much how it goes wow so I have this project can you check it out are you available and then I, we just discuss further through mm-hmm. email at a certain point that is really awesome eric i'm following you now by the way <laughs> you have a new fan <laughs> So cool. Okay. Um, what about some um, not so great things about freelancing? (laughs) Aside from Um, the risk, of course. (laughs) Yeah, the risk that you're not going to make enough money, not going to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, But also that payment is never guaranteed. That's another one. Like you can do a project and then your client could just not respond for months, which is really fun. Has that happened a lot to you? It's happened a few times, not a lot, just okay. twice. The client okay. ended up just being like, oh, sorry, I didn't see the email. Like, okay. <laughs> they, didn't log, they didn't log into Upwork for three months. And they saw it and like, oh, there it is. They owe you money. Uh-huh. And you can't contact Upwork to do anything because they can't access their bank. But um, do you, other uh, thing- sorry, sorry to interrupt you here. Do you ever watermark your work? Not, I, not plans, really. Okay. That is one trick I do um, because I do a lot of fixed projects. Mm-hmm. I let them know that because we are doing a fixed projects, all of my work will be watermarked and also it won't be the high resolution JPEG. So when it comes to payment time, they won't get the final files until I receive payment. And that yeah. I have never had an issue of payment, even with local um, clients and long-term clients. I just kind of do that as a protection of mine and they understand that and respect that as well yeah it's a great idea gonna do that for some projects <laughs> um some other but, issues would be um just clients that aren't respond not just responsive but they're not clear on what they want mm-hmm. um, that's the other thing that's why i like to have phone calls with them to really clarify the issues at hand 
And if you're discussing over email, some of these people, they just respond with like one sentence. Say, I don't like that. Like, what don't you like about it? What, what would you like changed? And that's what's, especially in residential projects, because these, they're not professional designers. They don't work in the profession. They don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a homeowner that wants a new design for their, their house or their yard. Um, that's the main issue over working remotely. There's many others, I'm sure. I could go through. <laughs> I would probably be talking all day. I want to keep it positive. <laughs> right. I hear you, though. I hear you. I, I was still looking at your Instagram. I got to stop now. It's so pretty. Okay. <laughs> I just like all the sketching, all the hand drawing yeah. stuff. I love that, too. It's a lost art or it's a losing art. I think it's really valuable for the design process. Mm-hmm. Just you solve problems i hear you okay and i guess in general any other advice you would want to give a starting or a frustrated starting freelancer especially in the say landscape architecture aside from all the other notes you made of being very clear having a portfolio the great tip you give of sometimes maybe doing some of the advanced work to show that um, they can do the work anything else that comes to mind that you can share i think some lessons to learn is just to not be to understand that being frustrated is correct i mean that's the right feeling you should have mm-hmm. it's going to be very competitive and you just have to understand that you're not going to make a lot of money initially mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really difficult to find your first project. I think for everyone it is. It's very competitive and you just have to work hard and really put the time in to get your client's attention so that you get hired, first of all. And then to keep your client, uh, just keep up that hard work to keep them happy so they mm-hmm. come back. But it's all about, I think, initially getting those first 10 projects, get a good rating. I think that's number one. So then you become one of the top freelancers on the site. Then from there, you just have to continue doing good work. That way the the clients will come to you. Absolutely. Agreed. Thank you for sharing that. Any final thoughts or where can clients find you? So clients can find me on Upwork, but they can also find (laughs) (laughs) Eric A. Yeah, Eric A. (laughs) Erica. Um, They can also find me on Instagram as Pangea Express. I also have a YouTube channel that I do some renderings. Uh, time-lapse renderings and stuff like that if you're into design and I do some lessons for sketching Uh and drafting and you can also find my website topophila.com for my professional website and yeah this has been really fun yeah um what is the youtube channel because I I want to watch it now now that I've seen all your sketching on Instagram (laughs) let me see I don't even know my youtube channel it's probably Eric Arneson just my name okay if you just search Eric Arneson, I think that'll come up. Perfect. Thank you so much, Eric. You share so much knowledge. I really value the Instagram tip you gave out there yeah, um, and really enjoy your work. Yeah. Thank you, Lila. This has been really fun talking with you. I yeah. Thank, to the podcast. thank you so much for being part of the podcast. How cool was Eric's journey and how he was able to utilize social media to gain more clients? Hope you all enjoy this one and talk to you on the next one. Happy Monday to everyone and back to the grind.